Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a Manhattan-bound B-Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Hello and welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm John. And this week we are talking about spectacles and mishaps. Why spectacles and mishaps? Are you finally going to tell me why you're limping? Okay, I mean, this, is, this, is, this has kind of been a thing for a couple of days and I've been keeping quiet about why I've been limping because I thought it would be quite a funny story to tell on the podcast. And I'm worried I've oversold it, to be honest, because, like, I mean, if it was like, if it was like, I'm not going to tell you for an hour and then we record the podcast, but it's been a day and a half and I don't think, I'm, I'm not sure it's a funny enough story to I'm, I'm babbling aren't I should I just tell the story well first of all I think I should tell our listeners that not only has John refused to tell me this he's refused to tell anyone else in the office in case they tell me and and the someone I did tell my friend Emily Reynolds I then had to tell her not to tell anyone else because I didn't want to spoil it so this what is what have you done because well like if you're gonna if, if you're gonna injure yourself in a public and humiliating fashion I think all you can really do is monetize it for content John, get on with it. What okay. happened? <laughs> so, so I kind of slightly fell down a manhole. How? <gasps> that was actually okay. I, I, I feel the need to fess up at this point. I genuinely was. Not, I genuinely hadn't told Stephanie that until about five minutes before I started recording this podcast. When I accidentally let it slip, and she did a more convincing version of that same noise. <laughs> And now I'm really annoyed myself. But she doesn't know the whole story, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the whole story. Okay, so first of all, how dare you throw shade on my acting <laughs> skills? It's like, oh my god, I am so surprised. Okay, they couldn't see my face. They couldn't see your face. That might have been very convincing. Yeah, I, that it wasn't very convincing, but I'm you know. glad you fell down a manhole. Tell me how you did it. <laughs> okay, so I was walking home uh, on Tuesday night. I was, I feel the need to clarify, sober. Actually, you know, and I was walking home down a, a reasonably main road and someone had parked their car across the pavement. And like, it's at the front of a driveway, but they're parked on the pavement. And I was quite annoyed by this. And I was like, well, I'm not going to walk in the road. It's a busy road. I'll get hit by a bus. So I'm going to walk. I'm going to ostentatiously walk around the back of the car onto your driveway so, you know, look, glare at your window in a very English fashion and try and communicate the fact that I'm a bit annoyed about this. So I walk round the back of this car. It's dark, by the way. It's completely dark. 
walk around the back of this car and they get to the side and it's like it's quite a narrow gap between the car and the fence and I think oh, I can I can probably squeeze down there so I take another step forward and the, the right hand side of my body disappears into this three foot <laughs> hole and it turned out the reason the car was where it was was because they were getting the drains unblocked <laughs> so my right leg goes into this hole my left leg doesn't my knee twists in a very uncomfortable fashion and and that's where I am when the guy from whichever drainage company it was came back a few seconds later and found me. <laughs> and his words, <laughs> I swear to God, his first words on seeing me were, oh, sorry, mate, the manhole cover's up, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I noticed. Thank you. He goes, you should probably, you should probably walk around the front of the car. <laughs> like, I know that now. <laughs> I was in quite a lot of pain at this point as well. I'd done something dreadful to my knee and I was like sticking out of the ground. I was <laughs> in a hole, basically. And yeah, so um, by a miracle, I did not I did not break the skin. I did not rip any clothing. I was wearing my best suit as well. I did not rip any item of clothing. I did not drop my phone other than my knee and my pride. That was completely fine. So I just sort of pulled myself out of this hole. And so... <laughs> What really annoyed me, I think, was that the guy from this drainage company, I kind of wanted him to look like he was frightened I was going to sue. <laughs> I wasn't going to sue him. I'm not, that kind of, I'm not that kind of person. But I wanted him to be momentarily concerned that he might have done something that could sort of end his career or something. But he was just like, oh, well, you, tell you what, you get out of the hole and I'll, I'll get on with it. And he was just like stood there sort of assembling his equipment. He didn't try and help me out of the hole or anything. He just kind of got on with it and I kind of... Gave him another glare and kind of hobbled off home. Anyway, that was that was Tuesday night. It's Thursday afternoon now. I'm still limping. I don't think you should pretend that you don't love the fact that he didn't help you, so you got to be cross and British about it. I mean, I can't remember at what point I started thinking, at least it's a good story. But it would have been quite... I don't know if I was actually in the hole at that point. I might have been. Certainly, by the time I walked through the door a few minutes later, I was like, you know, this is—I've got an anecdote. <laughs> Do you feel like after years covering the city, the city has hit back? Do you think like maybe it's kind of a plot against me? Maybe the street furniture is turning on me. That'd be very, very funny. But you didn't get hit by a bus. I didn't get hit by a bus. So no. you know, swings and roundabouts and manhole covers. You know, I did. I did almost have a fight with a driver yesterday. Why? Entirely separately, because like. At Ludgate Circus, just around the corner from the office, this guy had kind of crossed the, the junction with, like, the cross hatching, and he shouldn't have. And he knew he shouldn't have. He was sat in this hatched bit, and pedestrians were crossing in front of him, and he was still edging forward. And there was only, like, two, two or three feet between him and the bus in front, and he was still edging forward with people literally in front of the car, and I just got really enraged and banged on his dashboard. Well, he, well, he, what? He, he, he got out of the car and started yelling at me like you know, if you do that again next time I see you it's like, you're never going to see me again this is London right. well, well I love that we're finding out and I'm really glad that everyone all of our listeners are coming on this journey with us is that I have a you, lot of rage well you have a lot of rage and also you, you cities you cannot handle city living mate. It's, it's cars cars annoy me this is the cruel irony I don't, of... I don't start on train drivers it's, you know. is this why you're so into public transport I, I just no, I've done this before. I get really annoyed when people like drive their car in a dangerous way. This is like, and that, 
I'm, I'm just telling stories about fights I almost had now, but like um, another time <laughs> on, on my cycle between um, my home and my old office, it was mostly sort of down relatively segregated paths and kind of nice little back streets and so on. But there was one very short bit where you had to share a main road for like a couple of hundred metres and then turn off to the right. And so because you're turning to the right, you kind of got to sit in the middle of the carriageway or on the right. You can't be in the left because then you've got to go in front of them. And yeah, I was... I was going to turn off very soon, but this white van behind me, and it was a white van, you know, all the cliches, the driver got really, really annoyed that this guy on a bike, a, a Boris bike as well, you know, a higher bike, was where he wanted to drive. So he was, like, properly sort of coming up behind me and honking and just trying to, and trying to sort of steer me into... Basically trying to force me into the path of the oncoming traffic. Like, I don't know if that was what he was consciously doing, but that was the effect. He was like... And I got so annoyed, I like I just stopped and started banging <laughs> on his front. At which point, like he, the, all the aggression drained out of his face in one instant, because like he could just see this the twat on a on a higher bike with quite long hair and a blazer, and he just thought I was like. And it was only when they got off the bike he realised I was actually quite a lot bigger than him. <laughs> and I was like properly banging on the dashboard, screaming, "You're gonna kill someone like that." <laughs> It really is. I don't know why. It's the one thing that really no, brings no, out no. my rage. I know. It just like, really have, makes have... me love this idea that you turn around and become this kind of Essex Hulk who just slams on dashboards across the city. It's just. I don't know why. It's like this. It's it's a. It's definitely a form of road rage. This is like the superhero it's... persona that we should have known you have. It's like. I think it's like this is a fight or flight instinct, isn't it? But it's like the only thing that brings it out in me is like. It's like dangerous in the city driving for some reason all of my stories are like i nearly got hit by a boris bike once um but i was on the roman road in bow and i nearly got hit by a hearse and i thought that story would be so good i'd just take it that's fine i mean if i really enjoy the anecdote if like if if the hearse kills you i mean do do you if you imagine your funeral and everyone's trying to keep a straight face how do you feel about that (laughs) That sounds ideal. It's exactly the funeral situation I want. I want comic death, narrative irony, you know. The, the, the listeners have probably gathered by now this is one of our more formless episodes, but can I tell you a story from my grandmother's funeral? <laughs> sure. It's, it is city-related again. So that's this... Uh, for some reason, all my grandparents, or the three of the dead, have like had the same humanist preacher. He must be like the only humanist preacher who does this part of outer London... Um, and none of them were religious. Um, but firstly, this guy uh, hands everyone like a little poem on a card, on a laminated card, and says, you know, something you might want to think about during the service, and it's some, like, poem about remembrance, and it's not nonsense. But like, I'm bored halfway through this, so I turn it over, and on the back it's like, if anyone you love dies, why not call me on... Where it shows... Which I think is just the amazing, most amazing form of advertising I've ever encountered. But the only reason, I, this, other than that, the only reason this guy sticks in my mind is my my, my uh, maternal grandmother died in 2002. And he was saying, I want everyone to sort of take a moment, a contemplation, to think of Pat's life's journey from Plasto to Hornchurch. <laughs> and I'm sat there thinking, Dagenham East, Elm Park, Hornchurch, that's nine stops on the district line. That's not a life's journey. That's a commute. That's about 20 minutes. It's like, this is an amazing way of reducing 70 years of life. Into nine stops on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, well, we've just 
talked about death, so should we now talk about the other thing we were discussing this week, which is the other kind of sacrament. Oh, we could have called this Births, Marriages and Deaths. Or maybe that's the episode title. Maybe that is the episode yeah, title. Okay, anyway, okay. T- you, but me. they will already know this by this point in the podcast. Yeah, I know, but I like, I like, I like being a bit meta, showing them the process. <laughs> so John and I shared this article with each other this week about a man who publicly proposed to his now fiance on the Metro. And what did you make of it, John? Because I have very complex feelings about this. I'm not entirely comfortable with public displays of affection in any... I mean, I'm quite repressed at the best of times. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I'm not really okay with emotions. Right, so if you're completely people's. out. Yeah. Okay. I just think it's... I mean, what, what, if, what if she says no? See, this is my problem. So we were kind of tell, talking... Tell the story, tell the story. We're talking, so we were talking about public proposals and the idea that you propose on public transport. And I have two key concerns. Um, I'm completely fine with public displays of affection. I'm actually quite soft compared to hard man from Essex over here. So I go, brilliant, you know, celebrate your love wherever you want to. My problems are this. A, if it interrupts the service in any way, I am not happy with you doing it. If yeah, it's a bit selfish. That is incredibly selfish. It's like if you want to kill yourself, you can do it in a way that isn't going to stop the trains from coming past. John, you can't say that. Well, it's true, though. It's like... But that's a that's a let's divorce so, let's divorce that from the question also, of public proposals. By, by all accounts, it's a horrible way to go as well. It's very... um, I'm I'm gonna we'll I'm gonna back, we'll I'm gonna to I'm this. gonna park, we'll park that. that. <laughs> um, but also that the anxiety factor. I could not be in that carriage watching, not knowing she was going to say yes. To me, that is just I the second I I you can tell I cannot talk with the second hang anxiety of that. But maybe I'm just cruel and judgmental and cynical. What if... I mean, I I guess my thing with public proposals is it does kind of create pressure. And what if she doesn't want to say yes? What if she's been thinking about breaking it off? And, like, she's got all those people watching it. It must be much harder to say, I don't like where this relationship is going. We need to talk about this. You can't really do that, can you? Oh, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen a breakup on public transport. I've seen breakups in cafes and restaurants, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone get dumped on the tube. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it on the tube, would you? No. I mean, you could make a quick getaway at the end. If you have ever broken up with someone on the tube or have ever witnessed a breakup on public transport, imagine if you were on a flight and you still had hours to go. Anyway, write Some, in and tell us. <laughs> someone many years ago when I was thinking of breaking off my then girlfriend, one of my housemates, told me off for hinting that I might do it in a public place. He's like, no, it's not fair to, to break up with someone in public because they can't necessarily react in the way they feel the need to. And she was right about that. So I didn't, I didn't break it off in public. But, you know, I kind of think, like, surely, surely that is something that's better done in private so that if, if, the other, if the person being dumped wants to rant and rave, that's allowed. I suppose so. I don't... I've been broken up with in public, outside the British Library, actually. Um, well, on the Euston Road? Yeah. But being dumped on the Euston Road, <laughs> that's just... It was actually on the concourse of the British Library. Oh. But now I look at the... And now I kind of go past and look at it quite fondly because it wasn't a very nice relationship and I'm really happy now. So I kind of go, oh, I remember that. <laughs> that was good in the end. But yeah, I went and drank a really big whiskey in a bar around the corner straight away. 
That's maybe that's the advantage. It's not a great place for pubs either, to be honest. <gasps> there so. is some very good. Have you been to the Dolphin? I don't know if I have been to the Dolphin. I'll take you to the Dolphin. It's got a terrifying Irish barman who I'm really, really scared of, but I love it in there. Okay. Um, we're getting off topic. We are. I mean, it was never. We were never that on topic in the first place. So just to recap, we've had manholes, funerals, public proposals, and public breakups. Um, we're really just kind of working through public emotion, public displays of emotion here, aren't we? Maybe that's the episode title. And I, I stop looking at me like that. <laughs> should, we, should we read some tweets? Let's read some tweets. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, so this week we've asked you to tell us about transport parties, proposals, sing-alongs, anything good or bad, whether you are a participant or a witness, trying to get more of a handle on how people do their public displays of emotion, as John so elegantly puts it. Okay, Um, so what have we got? I really like this one from Casper Salmon, who says that on a night bus back from Bethnal Green to Stamford Hill, they got the whole top deck involved in a sing-along to Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights. That's quite a difficult song to sing as well. It's like... <laughs> I know. There's, there's a lot of complexity to that vocal yeah, line. You have to have quite a good vocal range, right? It's like, it doesn't... It turns out that my friend's fiancé, Sam, is a coinacer of YouTube flash mob proposals... Um, even though they make him really anxious. And she actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to dub her in here. Um, Her name's Livy. She actually DM'd me afterwards and said about once a month, he just watches this one specific YouTube proposal and cries. Oh. (laughs) That's nice. Okay, so I was on a... I'm just going to go back to telling my own stories. (laughs) The (laughs) tweets aren't loading very quickly. Um, But a couple of New Year's Eve's ago, I was on a night bus back from Peckham. And as we you know, going through Peckham and someone started to sing along for the Only Fools and Horses theme tune, which, you know, for those who don't know, the, the great work of the late, great John Sullivan was set in Peckham. 
and despite the fact that I really like Peckham and Night Buses and Only Fools and Horses and New Year's, it was loathsome. I hated every second of it. I don't think I know the Only Fools and Horses theme. I'm not going to sing it. I, you think I can't see your game here? I'm not going to sing the Only Fools and Horses theme tune on this podcast. I'm just not. But you sang before. Exactly, and that's why I know I'm not going to do it again. If you um, you can't see, but John is just starting to smile and go slightly pink. Come uh, on, John. No. I don't know how it goes. I don't think that's true. No, it is, <laughs> genuinely is true. I'm no engagement with pop culture. I like, haven't I embarrassed myself enough this week? No, go on, t- take the manhole pint and give it a sing-along chaser. All right, but buy me a drink later. Sure. Stick a pony in your pocket, you'll fetch the suitcase from the van. Cos if you want the best ones but you don't ask questions, then brother, I'm your man. Cos where it all comes from is a mystery. It's like the changing of the seasons and the tides of the sea. But he's the one who's driving me berserk. Why do only fools and horses work? I haven't forgotten the words. It does actually go into na 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 So I genuinely did not know that. Thank you. In many ways, this has been the worst week of my life. Al writes in on Twitter to tell us. <laughs> um, years ago, he had an offer day at Umist. He was heading back north, boarded an old virgin train to Warrington. Carriage he was in had someone smoking in it, so he moved to the supposed quiet carriage. You can tell this is where this is going. There were a group of Welsh rugby fans not being quiet. Mini disc player, Welsh bands, wine... The latter they were happily sharing. Most people were joining in with the sing-along. Great journey. I, I, like, I like a public transport sing-along. I like this. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with this guy called Alexander Andragi who just says, totally inappropriate early in the morning or in London any time of day. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wrong. I think he's wrong. I love a sing-along. So there's a nice one from um, Simon Alvey writes in with an article... Is this the happiest train in Wales? It's the Welsh. They just want to sing all the time. And he talks about six people who commuted together and um, got together to stage a Christmas party on the 8.08 a.m. train to work. And there's a photograph of this on Wales Online. And it is just a group of commuters in party hats having what looks like Prosecco at 8 in the morning. And they've put up some streamers. It looks very jolly. You'd probably set it on fire or something. Yeah, well, okay. actually, no. There is this kind of weird sort of show around people in public transport where, like, you can't talk to each other and you know, everyone kind of sits in their own little world, there's no engagement. And actually, those moments when, like, it does kind of break down for one reason or another, that can be quite heartwarming. But you're from London, so for your idea of it breaking down for one moment or other, it's a bit of wry on eye contact if yeah. someone's being inappropriate. Yeah, so you know he's cheering yeah, up now, yeah. now you look happy again. But no, like, during... um. The, uh, the 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 Irish referendum on on was it gay marriage? It was a yeah. couple of years ago. Oh, the where, trains like, of the. Then there were huge numbers of of, uh, you know, uh, Irish people living in London on the same train up to Holyhead to get the ferry to Dublin so they could vote, and you could tell from the pictures on Twitter there's a real kind of, not just a party atmosphere. There's a sense of togetherness because that you know we are going home to do this thing that we think is important together. And I find that very touching. It's just kind of hard to get that on the on the Northern Line at eight oh three in the morning. But the Northern Line's very exciting. My knee hurts. See you next week. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.